You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. So, Kirsty, I was thinking that to start today's episode, we could raise a glass and make a French toast to today's book, Short and Sweet. Oh, my goodness. What a great idea. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Here we go. To, to a, a series of, of mouth-watering books. In this latest adventure of Lady Pancake and Sir French Toast, the duo are transformed into small children. And Josh Funk and Brendan Kearney bring us another hilarious journey through food as the pastries race to turn back into grown-ups. With spot-on <laughs> rhyme, this book is the perfect read-aloud. And one of my favorite parts of all the pancake books is the wordplay and humor. For example, Lime Square, <laughs> Bran Canyon. Lime Square. <laughs> This book makes me laugh out loud. We're so excited that both Josh and Brendan are here with us today. So let's get started. What inspired you to write about a pancake and French toast? I think when I was starting writing, I was just kind of throwing everything at the wall because you don't know what's going to connect with people and you just got to keep writing as many different stories as you can. And that was what hit me when my writing started to get good and when my writing started to improve. And I wrote a lot of mediocre stories and terrible stories. I came down for breakfast one day and I asked my kids what they wanted. And one of them said pancakes and the other one said French toast. And then, but, you know, of course we didn't have any and I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> <laughs> I have this vague recollection that we ended up going to a diner called uh, In a Pickle and uh, had pancakes and French toast there later that day. It was really, it was just like, I had written stories about woodland creatures. I had written stories about people. I had written stories about an amusement park. This is just, you know, what I happened to try to write when I had learned a lot more about writing. I think I was also a little bit inspired by the 2012 presidential election, which was <laughs> not really all that contentious, but the very, very first draft of the story, uh, which which I, I shared at one point um, several months ago on Instagram. I just like took screenshots of it. It was Lady Pancake and Mr. French Toast, not Sir. Mm. And it was the first draft that I brought to my first, not not even, it was a critique group before I was in one with you, Kirstie. Okay. Um, and so you never saw this and, and the rhythm was all wonky. And you can go look it up on Instagram. It's all pink and blue and color coded. <laughs> there was no action. 
the people who I shared it with said, I don't really think you should keep working on this one. Your other stories are better. Oh, wow. And there's not, but, but they were right. They were right. There was no action. And, uh, I sort of had to, you know, sometimes when you bring stuff to a writer's group, you have to reverse engineer what they're saying sometimes. Right. They're like, they're not saying that they don't like it. They're, they're telling you what's wrong with it, but not how to fix it. But, or, or something like that. So I had to figure out that the problem that they saw with it was they were basically the two characters just standing and arguing. They were debating mm-hmm. who deserved the syrup and there was no action. And I, and I realized I needed to turn it into a more visual race and something that had more fun scenery for an illustrator to draw, something that would be fun for somebody to draw rather than just two characters standing at podiums. Well, you definitely succeeded with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're glad you kept going So with that. that's actually a great segue to our question for you, Brendan. Um, what inspired you to take this project on? I just saw it and just thought, oh, this is awesome. Like, there's a whole world there just ready to be sort of illustrated and it just sort of came so naturally just I just thought yeah this is what French toast should look like and this is what (laughs) baking pancake should look like and really it went from some kind of scribbly sketches to the final character design pretty smoothly like it was just set more or less straight away so yeah it was an absolute dream project I, I couldn't say no and I read Josh's writing and just sort of surprised by every paragraph and <laughs> yeah, just loved it. It was, uh, it's just so much fun. So, uh, you know, I, I feel really lucky to have sort of, you know, been involved with it really. So, uh, well, I feel yeah. very lucky too that you joined on. I do <laughs> want to say, cause Brennan's not going to brag about it or anything, but they told me who the illustrator was on one day. And then like three days later, they sent me sketches, not just of Lady Pancake and Sir French Toast, but of, and Baron Von Waffle and Miss Brie, but like a <laughs> bunch of other minor characters too, like the tofu, which is just mentioned. And, and, <laughs> and, and these two beats, they're like, she skipped over two beats, a lime and two beats. And Brendan had all these characters and like the beats were apparently twins. It was a boy and a girl, like all of that was, oh, I love that. was like in his first sketches that were so close to being the final characters. All he had was their names, Lady Pancake and Sir French Toast. That's all there was. So when you see whipped cream hair with a wafer crown and a cherry <laughs> and a chocolate mustache, like that's all Brendan. He added all of that. There was no art direction. I That was all from him, all his mind. So like everything about those characters, he created the the way that they looked outside of their names he created everything about them i love that and brendan you did such a phenomenal job of bringing the characters to life i remember when i first saw the first book wow <laughs> i don't even know how you came up with anthropomorphizing the food like that you did <laughs> such a good job <laughs> i just genuinely feel like I, I didn't really even need to think about it it was just that was how i sort of saw them in my head when i read it so that's amazing which is why you're I, an you illustrator know. because as a writer <laughs> i don't that i mean it blows my mind that that was just natural for you because i mean i've written a few books myself and it starts visually so i start with a drawing and then sort of work a story around it but i suppose you guys are doing it the other way but Yes. Josh, did, did you have some idea of what perhaps they would look like as you were writing it? Or? Honestly, no, because so I, I think I'm sort of lucky in that I don't think very specifically visually. I think in a way where it would be cool to see an awesome illustrator draw this, draw mm-hmm. pancakes and French shows racing through the fridge. That's awesome. There's a page where we get to see Professor Biscotti's brochure um, for her despoiling ray. 
Um, I just want to read that part. Starting to mildew or curdle or crumble? Don't sit around and complain, pout and grumble. Try out my patented despoiling ray. Feel fresh and young again. Visit today. And the art of the despoiling ray is epic. I just love it. And I'm wondering, was that all you, Brendan? Because, spoiler alert, it's an avocado that's part of that despoiling ray. And I just think that's brilliant. Do you know, when I'm actually illustrating these books, I sort of need to just think of stuff to go in the background. So I actually just kind of have to look in my own fridge or look around the kitchen for like <laughs> ideas. I'm like, oh, there's a gap there. What can I put? Oh, I'll just throw, oh, that could be an avocado. That seems to work quite well. Or, <laughs> you know, so a lot of it it's is amazing. in Josh's writing. So if it's... So that was not you know, an art note, right? There was no, no art no, note No, no, not at all. I don't think I ever put art notes in these. And if I did, I'm trying to think if I ever did. I mean, when you write in rhyme, sometimes you get to do a little bit more telling mm-hmm. than than you are when you write in prose. So I'm already giving a lot of like art notes through the text. Trifle Tower is like the Eiffel Tower, but Trifle, you know, like right, Brendan's right. going to figure that out. Yeah, you know? And so like things like that. And you know what else? I don't think I ever said anything about this because uh, to, to Brendan, but they definitely have like a Will and Grace kind of relationship. And he even put, Baron Von Waffle, I mean, this is a real spoiler alert, but on the very last spread, Baron Von Waffle and Lady Pancake were on the couch together. Oh, it's like a sandwich couch. Sir French Joseph is off to the side. That totally makes sense to me. Like, that's what would happen. But I didn't say to do that. That was all him. Incredible. (laughs) You guys are a dream team. Seriously. So incredible. So, I mean, this is book number four in the series. Josh, give us a look into your writing process for this. How do you come up with a new storyline for these characters on book four? As soon as I saw Brendan's sketches of the first one. So Brendan saw the world in my in my words. I saw the, the world, the depth and the breadth of the world when I saw his first round of sketches. And immediately I was like, I want to write more in this world. This is so cool. I immediately started thinking, well, what could I do for a sequel that won't suck? <laughs> that won't be bad. <laughs> the first thing that I started writing was a holiday book. That's what ended up being the case of the stinky stench. But what happened was when I sent it to the publisher, they said, we love it, but could you take out the holidays? Because we don't want, we want to sell it year round. We don't want to only have to sell it during the holidays, which is why the fruitcake is the villain. But there's absolutely no clues anymore. Uh, There was going to be like a gingerbread village with lemonade spillage, which is kind of a forced rhyme. So I'm glad that got cut. And then there was there was going to be other holidays thrown in, like holidays throughout the whole year. And it would have made sense as a mystery. But it turns out that that didn't happen. And honestly, in the writing process, which is getting back to your actual question, was it's interesting because they're a lot easier to write now that I I know the pacing. Mm -hmm. There's 16 spreads. And, you know, there's going to be a gatefold at the end and the last spread is going to be wordless. They're going to be having a party with some <laughs> band that Brendan or multiple bands now that Brendan makes up. Um, <laughs> that and, uh, so outstanding. and so like, yeah. And so there's like 15 spreads. Right. And so then the first spread introduces the problem and then the second spread or maybe the third you introduce like a new character. And the pacing is sort of I I have a feel for it. I also plan them out in advance, at least not the specific pacing of what's going to happen on every spread, but at least I plan out um, what the plot's going to be and some of the different turning points and some of, some of the beats, I guess you would say. And so I have a lot of that in advance in my head. I prepare a lot better than I did when I started so that 
when I actually sat down to write this, it probably only took me about three days to write a full first draft that was complete. Um, I would still send it. That's incredible. Well, it was like three full days, but it would, but I prepared so much in advance. Like I already knew what, what, what was happening on each spread and I'd been thinking about it and I probably wrote some lines down and woke up in the middle of the night a lot and, and thought of a word I wanted to use or something. And so when it came time to like actually carve out three or four, or however many days in a row to write, that's what I did. Now I still send it to critique partners and, you know, a month later or two months later, it would get to my agent. And a couple of months after that is when it would get to the editor. And then I would edit with the editor, you know, mm-hmm. for a while before Brendan would even see it. So it, it still took months and months before the, before it was done from the time that I thought of the beginning and until it was written and Brendan was off illustrating and we still make changes once he's illustrating sometimes, mm-hmm. um, or probably every time. Uh, so it's not, it's not like, you know, ever done until I guess it goes to print, but, but it's evolved a lot over time. It didn't start out that way. That's what it's like now because, and, and writing sequels to books I find not, is sometimes easier because you have that sort of structure laid out in front of you. So can you, Brendan, give us a look into your illustrative process? Yeah, from day one, it's just been completely, you know, as Josh said, it's, it's been so open. Um, yeah, it's, it just sort of clicked straight away. And really, I, I mean, it's, it's funny to hear you guys all talk about it because I, d- I don't really think about it. I just think, oh, that's kind of funny. I'll chuck that in and, you know, Spuddy Holly. And I love coming <laughs> up with puns and stuff. So I feel like it's not really work. I'm not really doing it while I'm sat there thinking, oh, I'm going to illustrate this. I might be walking the dog or doing something completely different. And I just think, ah, oh, Spuddy Holly, that, that's perfect. And <laughs> yes. I just have the, I, the image in my head and then I'll just draw it and send it off. And then, you know, you guys, Josh and, and the editors and the art directors are usually just completely on board with it. Well, you um, make so it sound really easy. <laughs> well, I mean, it has been... It, it has been. It's been so much fun to to get involved with. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of work in actually doing the final artwork. I mean, it just takes hours and hours, mm. but, you know, I love it. And that's that's what I do. So um, and that's what it's about, right? Finding joy yeah, in the process. And... Definitely. And it's just, for me, I'd, if I get a new manuscript from Josh through, it's just, it just cracks me up. I'm just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel really lucky to read it before everyone else. And it always goes in the different directions <laughs> where I think it's going to go. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> oh, I, I just want to say one thing. You told me, I want to ask you, Brendan, um, and confirm, because I'm pretty sure, and I've been telling students this on Skype visits for years now, you said you spent an entire week of your life coloring in beans for oh, the bean yeah. avalanche. Is that correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. it, it, wow. yeah, it takes out, <laughs> it takes ages. Well, but, but but that's, that's it's exactly. growing the faces on each one. You know, it just uh, there's a lot of beans there. I did I did throw one happy bean in, or one unhappy <laughs> bean. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm not sure if you made it. <laughs> okay, we have one last question for both of you. When kids read this book, what do you hope that they learn or feel? I think I just want kids to be entertained and enjoy sitting on a lap with the parent and, and, uh, and reading this and then go out for brunch afterwards. Right. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. How about you, Brendan? Yeah. I mean, similar thing really. I, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's quite fun to throw so many little things in there that 
you can read it again and again and see something different. Uh, either, you know, see something visually or, or kind of, you know, get something new from it every time you read read through. So I think, yeah, that's that's pretty important to just just entertain whoever's looking at them. I want them to find something silly or something funny in the images to you know, make them laugh or, or just have something to talk about with their parents. A huge thank you to Josh Funk and Brendan Kearney for joining us today and giving us a look into their creative process for Short and Sweet and all of the Lady Pancake and Sir French Toast books. Check out the show notes to learn more about Josh and Brendan and the other fabulous books they have out in the world. And remember, if you have a picture book that you love and you think that we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number two at gmail.com. Happy looking!